When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Keeping things rolling here on Monday night at Garnet Nights Unplugged here at CB18. If you haven't come on by, come on down and go get yourself some 50-cent wings on Monday nights. Support Gamecock student-athletes like Cat Barry. And the next guest that we have, Gamecock offensive lineman Nick Gargiulo. Woo! I can't remember which teammate it was. I think it may have been Josh Simon. Did you hear him try to pronounce your last name? It was a, it was a solid attempt. I don't fault him. I'm sure he has plenty of Italian in him, just like you and me. <laughs> I doubt it. Yeah. So, Nick, you've been down here for, shoot, nine months now. Transferred in from Yale. What has the transition just as a whole been like for you? The transition was easy, and and I know that uh, it's tough sometimes when you initially uh, enroll. You're 17, 18 years old, and, you know, you got to acclimate to school and football and everything else that comes with leaving home. Uh, but transferring them. 23 years old. So it's a little bit of, uh, different in a sense of I had to switch from, from obviously an FBS, I mean, from an FCS school uh, up to a, a, you know, a powerful program here in South Carolina. So that was a little bit of transition talent wise, uh, but the rest of it kind of handled itself. You mentioned the transition talent wise, and you've been able to see a taste of it. I know it's, you know, been Furman and it's been an ACC team, but you've been able to go up against a power five team. And then you have, obviously, the toughest tasks that you guys have seen yet, and that's Georgia coming up this week. What has that transition been like? What would you say is the biggest difference so far in comparison to what you guys played at Yale? And I know you guys played some FBS teams occasionally as well there. I think it's the consistency across the board, really. I mean, all 11 positions out there, they're strong, they're fast, they're disciplined uh, with calls and techniques. And um, that's something you might not have seen in the FCS where, you know, maybe it was half, uh, you know, or, or a couple of them on the field that were real playmakers, but here it's all 11. Um, and then obviously, like you mentioned, going up against Georgia this week, kind of just coming from previewing them uh, today, they got a great front seven. And obviously they've been a powerhouse defense for the past, uh, you know, few years. So it's going to be a task, that's for sure. You mentioned it during preseason camp, the amount of talent that comes out of the Ivy League. It might not be the same in comparison to the SEC by any means, but you've seen it. You've gone, you've been able to go up against it. And the reason I'm bringing this up, this is more of a statement rather than a question. I don't even know if you're aware of this. I was telling Jeremy from Garnet Trust a little bit beforehand, the leading tackler in the NFL the last two seasons, where do you think he went to school? He went to Yale. He I'm, went to Yale. I'm confident in that one. Yeah, and it's been the first time that's happened since the early 90s. So uh, is it neat, though, to see – so many Ivy Leaguers have success. I mean, obviously, we can look at the San Francisco 49. We can go down. There's, there's some names that stick out. Yep. And I know that one's a Harvard guy for you. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I talked about it, I think, uh, about a month ago. We were in the room, and, and we were talking about the transition uh, the past decade and the talent of the Ivy League. And uh, I know at Yale, obviously, we had Foyer Luacan, who's the tackling leader for the past two seasons, and mm-hmm. then – we put Rodney Thomas, uh, cornerback for the Indianapolis Colts. I couldn't pronounce that last name. I was going to let you say it. <laughs> yeah. So Rodney Thomas is with the Colts. He, uh, I can say Rodney Thomas. I can't yeah. say the other one. 
he was a seventh round draft pick and and then uh with a few injuries he was starting for the Colts he just started actually yesterday uh um you know for his second season and then we got Dieter Eisland he's on the Bears and uh you know a few other names across the league but but just unbelievable to see uh the talent able to be produced you've played for Tony Reno and I know you might not be able to say his son's name I don't know all these recruiting violation rules and all that but um I guess you could just refer to him as his son but what is it neat how neat was it though to play for him and just that family and being able to get to know them obviously during your time at Yale yeah I mean coach Tony Reno he's an incredible person incredible mentor, leader, um, and, you know, obviously, uh, like you said, the quarterback coming in, that's his son. I'm not – we're, we're not going to name names here. Obviously, he's uh, embodies those characteristics as well, but it was just a, an honor and a privilege uh, to be able to play on a team coach by him. How did playing for him get you prepared for this? I think the way he runs his program, it's as if he's competing for a national championship, and I know that in the Ivy League, you don't get to, you know, go to the FCS playoffs and – you know, you play a 10-game season, but that's not how uh, practice and preparation is is, is done there. He, he runs it like a championship program. I'm sure some of your teammates may have teased you since you've got here. What are some of the comments players say to you since you are a, an Ivy League guy? Uh, they just instantly think like you're a rocket scientist. Yeah. I think once they saw me, they're like, wait, no, this isn't the Yale kid. There's this no isn't way. your typical, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, you know. You they, they were yeah. looking over my shoulder like, who, you know, who else is coming in? But. You don't have the, uh, the the super cut or sports <laughs> clips haircut, you know, no, like exactly. a little, the bowl cut or whatever. Exactly. I'm but. not – I'm obscure. I am stereotype. All the Ivy League guys are going to remember that now. Oh, yeah. Now you're going to be hated. In the Ivy it's all right. My uh, academic support group at Assumption with C's get degrees. So, <laughs> I mean, I think they get the final laugh on, on some things. Yeah. But. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, what, what was that like, though? I mean, being able to go to Yale, being a student athlete, I'm, I'm sure it's uh, – there's a lot of similarities in terms of, okay, classes and grades. So you're doing it a little bit differently now because you're, you're a fifth year. But what is that like, though, when you play ball in the Ivy League? It's a little bit of a balance, right? you got to prioritize academics at points because the you know curriculum is, is hard and, and you're getting an Ivy League degree. Um, but you know, if you're passionate about what you want to do, and that's for most guys on the team playing football, man, you, you'll find time and you make it work. You mentioned Tony Reno. We're going to get to him in a little bit because I'm sure there's people listening saying, all right, Mike, that's great. But I want to hear what Nick has to say about the O-line. So I'm going to get into it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know if you're speaking tomorrow to the media. So, I mean, we might be setting you up and kind of just getting you prepared for uh, tomorrow, but what was it like this past weekend to be able to go out there? And I know there's plenty of things that I'm sure you still go on, you know, as a unit want to continue to clean up, but what was it like to be able to go back out there and be able to rebound and respond the way you did? Because as a competitor, I'm sure the first thing that you wanted to do after you guys saw the film against North Carolina was get right back out there on the field. Yep. I think, I mean, it was satisfying to see a, a week in practice, you know, materialize uh, on the field on Saturday. And I thought we did a better job protecting the quarterback. There were still too many pressures. We, we still didn't establish uh, the run game that we wanted to. I know we went over a hundred, but we left, um, we left a lot of yards out there on the field. And so now the approach is like, Hey, you know, we worked so hard last week and the, you know, we're going to continue to do that for this week, obviously uh, with the opponent we're going against, but in reality for ourselves, right. We, we got to get better as a unit uh, to be able to perform the, the standard we want. What was it like in practice last week? Is it one of those things that the players just realized like, Hey, look, 
the intensity. We got to pick it up. I know you talked about it on Tuesday, and Tuesdays are typically the, the tough day of practice for the week, the way that Shane Beamer sets it up. But what was it like last week, just the mentality heading into the Furman week? I think we're all competitors, and, and I don't want to say that we're externally motivated um, by a poor performance on on two Saturdays ago. I, I don't think that's what this group is about, but I think there was a realization um, that maybe we had an inflated sense of where we were at. And so I think, uh, you know, guys dialed in um, to things that we were bad at and focused on that all week. And I know you're the last person in the offensive line to be the last people to ever make excuses up. But how nice was it to be able to have a game under your belt, to be able to kind of have some type of barometer heading into the second game? And now you were able to kind of work some things out, like you said, still working through some things. But to have two games now and then, you know, obviously you have a very tough opponent this week as you guys head to Athens. Yeah, I think uh, as athletes, confidence is, is crucial, right? And, and I think that this past Saturday gave the group and the room confidence. Uh, that we could go out there and we could go compete at a high level. And, you know, maybe we didn't have that coming out of that first game uh, with the results that we put out there on the field. Uh, so being able to have confidence going into this week is, is important for us. You mentioned confidence. How special is it? And I'm sure you have memories like this when you were at Yale and there were younger players that came in, but especially seeing Big Tree out there, Luitos and Babalade, Javon Ba go out there and step up the way they did because it seemed like when they got into the game, and no disrespect to any of the other offensive linemen, but once they got in, it, it just seems like there was a rhythm that you guys were able to create, created some momentum, and maybe outside of a couple garbage touchdowns toward the end of the game that, that Furman scored, which I don't know if Shane would actually phrase it that way, but I will, <laughs> I will for him. Um, it just seems like you guys had the momentum for the rest of the game. I mean, what, what can you say about those young guys that stepped up? I mean, they work really hard. And then, so I, I don't think it was a surprise to anyone uh, on the sideline or in the locker room that they were able to perform to, to that level. And obviously you mentioned Tree and Tro, and, and uh, I know Lenoris is getting a lot of uh, oh, yeah. hype for the uh, the throws. And, and uh, Well, you were on the play there. And, again, offensive linemen, they don't want the recognition, but I'll give you out there on the play. So, you know, yep. you you were out there giving them some protection. Yep. Uh, so I'm, I'm just so happy for those guys. It's not often uh, – you even sometimes freshmen don't even touch the field, right? And now they had a uh, they took meaningful snaps, and made some really nice plays, and you know talk about the confidence piece. They should have confidence going into the rest of the season that they can compete at this level. We mentioned confidence, but when you talk about those two players, unfortunately, Marky Anderson he's been banged up, so I'll stay away from them. Make sure that we don't get ourselves in trouble here. Yeah. But what have you noticed about those two players in particular in terms of just their growth? Confidence is probably. One of the leading things that we'd probably point out at, but what is it about those two that you're just you're really proud about at this point? Obviously, there's still a long ways to go for both those guys in terms of growth. I think constant improvement, and that's for both of them. They came in, um, they didn't have the, the privilege like Marquis did to come in in January, right? So they both came in here, uh, got six weeks under their belt of summer training, and and took that seriously, and were able to you know recomp their body to to be able to withstand you know, SEC defensive linemen, and um, they continue to improve. They, they're they not the same players that they were a month ago, right? And so they, they've gotten a heck of a lot better um, through fall camp and now through the first two practices. You give them credit – I mean, first two games, I'm sorry. You give them credit. Neither of them touched the field uh, that first game versus UNC. Didn't stop, and they worked real hard and, and got on the field versus Furman. You mentioned Lenora Sellers, and certainly that was the the touchdown heard around Columbia, yeah. and it was a beautiful throw, beautiful throw. But let's talk about the other quarterback, Spencer Rattler. 
what is it like when your quarterback has the performance that he had the other night when you're an offensive lineman? What is that like just knowing that your guy is in the zone? If you give him time, he'll be able to get things going the way that he did. Similar to the the young guys, I don't think it was a shock to anyone, right? I mean, he, he's such a, a tremendous player and a tremendous leader. And, um, you know, the way he's running this team is, is remarkable. And uh, uh, we have confidence in him to, to go out and do that every week. And uh, he's living up to it. And I know there's no moral victories, but, I mean, one of the things that we talked about, you know, in the media group, fans, I'm sure players talked about it a little bit amongst themselves, in that North Carolina game, as bad as things were at times, you guys still had an opportunity because the way that Seven was performing that night, certainly with what he did the other night, was absolutely insane. What is it like, though, just knowing that if you give him that time, like he's going to be able to deliver? Like is it just that extra motivation knowing, like, hey, if we can just do our job just even this good, we have one of the best quarterbacks playing right now across the country on our team. I think you touched on it. The, the most frustrating part about the North Carolina game is with how poorly we played, we had opportunities to win that game. And uh, and that's credit to Spencer and, and, and Xavier Leggett and, and those other playmakers uh, putting us in that position. But, I mean, knowing you got Spencer back there and, and, and knowing the level he's playing at, um, it's just remarkable. I don't know. I, you know, I'm just I just can't wait to see him continue. What is it like seeing him every day in practice? Because we heard all preseason camp. You guys were talking about it like this guy's locked in. We have we had a sense of it going into the North Carolina game, how locked in he was when he was at the podium. And then obviously with what he's been able to do, and like you said, it doesn't surprise you. But what is it like being out there every day? No disrespect to him players you played with at Yale, knowing that he is probably one of the best quarterbacks you've been around. Loggins was talking about Xavier Leggett the other day, and he was, he was talking about his consistency in practice. And I think Spencer embodies that the same way. I, since I've been here, he hasn't missed a practice. He hasn't missed a workout. He hasn't missed, um, you know, any, any opportunity to get better. And, and when you see that from a person, from the, the leader of your offense, the leader of your team, you know, you know he's going to be able to go out and perform at that level. And, and so he does it every day. Um, he does it every day at a high level, and, and I'm just so happy for him. I know you'll probably downplay it, so I'll also just throw Vershawn Lee in there to kind of give you like a safety net if you just want to bail out and just mention him. But a lot of your teammates heading into the season, they said that you've quickly become one of the leaders on the offensive line. I know you're a humble person, but you've only been here for a little bit. I know you were also the only captain at you, which speaks volumes. What does that mean when you hear that from players that you're, you know, beforehand hadn't even played a game yet with saying that about you? But number two, and again, your safety net, what has it been like working with Vershawn, who obviously is another leader up there? Yeah, I think your goal as a as a player is to earn the trust and respect of the, the, the guys in your room, right, and the guys on the team. And so uh, Vershawn has done an excellent job of that. And, and I think we have um, a relatively young O-line room uh, with guys that are, you know, looking for guidance or, or assistant, assistance on how to be a, a college lineman. Um, you know, so so he's done a nice job stepping up and, and delivering uh, and giving those guys that, that help. You like that safety net? Yeah, that was great. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> uh, you, me- you mentioned the younger guys out there, and whether it be at South Carolina, whether it be at Yale, whether it be at a D2, D3 school, what are some of the things that maybe people on the outside don't, understand the challenges that and you could say this about any position but especially as an offensive lineman that can slow that process down a little bit um 
in terms of getting out there on the field and what these two guys in particular that have been able to get out there and play some meaningful snaps the other day, what it just basically says about them in terms of how they're able to learn things a little bit quicker, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I think physically, uh, physically, most of the guys are capable uh, of going out there and playing. And I'm speaking specifically about tree and tro and, I think the biggest difference that you see from high school to college is the speed of the game. Right. And so they'll be, uh, they'll be playing a base even front. Right. Mm -hmm. And you got a three technique and a five technique to the left. And then all of a sudden uh, a half second before the snap, they step to odd. And now you don't get another call out, but you got to know, Hey, my responsibilities just changed because now I got a five and I, and I got the DN that just bumped to an overhang. So now, Oh, wait, am I supposed to go out and block them or am I supposed to go out uh, and go straight up to the linebacker? It's like, those are the differences uh, that it takes time to learn that. If you asked me to do that when I was 18 years old, I'd have no idea. And I had no idea uh, what to do. But when you get older and, and you get reps and you get game reps, uh, things start to slow down and you can see the picture easier. You know, I told you my academic support group in college was C's get degrees. I'm over here being too wordy. I mean, I know I'm next to an Ivy League guy, but geez, you know, it's the intimidation factor. And it's, it's not just the, the mullet and the mustache. Is that I, I got to ask you about that. Is that a look that you've always had or is that just kind of like a the offensive line? You know, you know, different football players, but especially the offensive line. I had teammates that would just grow the mustache out. They'd have the handlebars maybe for the team pitcher. Is that kind of just like your your offensive lineman look? I, I think it is just the offensive lineman look. I grew it out this past season. I didn't have. It won't be the business look, maybe if you you know in the if you're in the corporate world. No, you no, know? no, I think I, if I'm going <laughs> if I'm going corporate, this has got to short gotta hair go. too. Yeah, yeah. New York Yankee style. Yes, yeah, yeah. It's a little Steinbrenner approach. Are you a Yankees fan? Yeah, unfortunately, at this point, right now. Well, I'm right there with you. We're in the basement with yeah. you. We're just on the the yeah. floor above you. You're on the the, the fifth floor. We're on the fourth floor. We're not. We're right there with we're you. We're struggling. We mentioned uh, before you hopped on with Cat Barry Pizza. I love my Boston Pizza, Regina, Regina Pizza, but I think Pepe's, I think Sal's, I think New Haven is truly the pizza capital of the world. I've been over to Naples. They have good pizza, but at least here in the states, I'll, I'll say in the states, they don't want to upset some of the uh, you know the paisans over or my cousins over in Italy. Fair enough. Where would you say there's the best pizza that you've had in the States? I, uh, I'm i kind of torn. Being from New York, from the Bronx, um, there's real good pizza there. So Louie and Ernie's on Crosby Avenue is real good. And, um, and then going to New Haven, we got the best in the world over there. So I think that's my response to you uh, with Pepe's and Sally's and Modern. I think it beats up the North End, but sorry to cap. So I say that because – and there's, you know, there's some pizza spots. I don't know if you've had a chance to, you know, check out one of my favorites, Village Idiot. He's a New Yorker, Brian Glenn. But you've been able to explore different foods down here. I know you, we've talked about it. It's become this, uh, like, Joey Chestnut uh, story here with you setting the record at the burger joint right down the street that has since been broken. Yeah. But other than that, what are some of the other places you've enjoyed? Maybe like some uh, Southern food. Is it barbecue? Like what else have you been able to dabble into? I have been. I, uh, I went to Railroad Barbecue. I don't know. If you, I enjoy Railroad. That's that, one of my favorite barbecue I places. I think that's my top. That's got my top barbecue spot. Good portions there. too. Good portions. Good portions. And I know there's so many people out there like this is exactly what I want to hear is two people from the Northeast giving us barbecue. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah. They're, they're going to turn on us real quick. They're going to turn on us real quick. 
But no, that was a good place. Anything else or nothing? Uh, nothing that sticks out. I, I know they take care of you guys over there though too at the facility. Yeah, we get shout out Yimmy Rodriguez, the new head of nutrition, bringing in uh, some good food. I, I will say a little um, insight. Yimmy took away the milkshake bar uh, at the pregame meal on Friday, uh, first Friday versus UNC. The guys were in. I guess we had a milkshake bar. I wasn't here for it. So you weren't aware of the milkshake uh, yeah, bar. Yeah, but there were some people that were upset that it was gone. Is the milkshake bar back? No, no, I think it's gone for the year. I thought you were going to tell me the milkshake bar came no, back. No, for no, no. Furman, no. and that's the reason why no. you guys were able to get the win. It's the no. milkshake bar. We're trying to recover. We're trying to put muscle on that, man. All right. Well, you know, as, as my duty as an unbiased reporter, I will uh, do my best to uh, do some digging and see uh, if we can solve Milkshake Gate and uh, be able to get it back <laughs> out there for you guys. Moving ahead, though, getting ready for Georgia. And obviously, there's going to be people wanting to know the X's and O's in the strategy. We're not going to get into that because, again, that's the last thing I need is to get a phone call from Shane Beamer and Jeremy getting a call, and you getting a call from Shane. But what are you looking forward to the most about this matchup with having the opportunity to play inside an SEC stadium on the road? I mean, yes, you had a chance to be able to play North Carolina. That was a neutral site game. This will be your first opportunity, though, playing inside an SEC stadium as road guys. Yep. I think that's something you look forward to uh, coming in and being able to play in those high-pressure, uh, high-intensity uh, environments. And so, obviously, I haven't had a chance to experience it. Like you said, North Carolina was uh, predominantly uh, Gamecock fans. So, I, you know, I haven't got a, a chance to – to be exposed to what we're going to be exposed to in, in Athens, but I'm looking forward to it. And I know Coach Beamer, just like a lot of coaches out there in the country, they'll probably, you know, blare the music in, maybe play the Georgia fight song throughout practice, try to get you guys as prepared as you can for the offensive line because maybe you guys have to change things up just from a communication standpoint. With something like that, Grant, you've probably gone through different things and might no expect to yield, but this might be on a totally different level than what you're used to. Is that something you talk to Vershawn about? And is that something that the younger guys, you kind of point them in the direction of, hey, lean on Vershawn, lean on some of the veteran guys that have been in Athens before? Definitely. And I think that you'll make some adjustments too on offensive defense on how you, you know, on how you get the calls on, on what the snap count's going to be on or what, uh, uh, what you do to communicate. I think that's your biggest challenge, right? When you go on the road is, is how can I effectively communicate in this environment? Um, so we're going to you know, do our job and, and get that done. Where would you say when you were at Yale, when you went on the road, where was one of the more hostile environments? And just to set the record straight, Gamecock fans, I'm not comparing what he's going to say to Georgia, okay? Just got to make sure we say that. You know, some people, they'll let me know on the message boards. But what would be the, the, the game that you remember that was probably the most hostile? Uh, hostile, I would go. We played the team up north um, in Cambridge, Massachusetts, the last uh, – I'll say the, the word. I know it might be a bad word in your household and some of the other oh, Yale at Harvard. Um, but they I love had, how you call them the team up north, by the, the way. Their stadium goes vertical. I mean, I'm sure that you've been there. Oh, yes. Uh, but there's probably about 40,000 people there, and, and we were playing for – What a uh, dumb question by me, by the way. I mean, obviously, it's the game. It's yeah. the game. Um, <laughs> outside of the game, that, that should have been the question that I asked you. What a – and I'm from New England. What a schmuck. What other uh, – environment would you say was hostile other than playing harvard i think this this is what's going to get you laughed at on the message boards here we played at uconn watch the season they were one and eleven. 
Um, but we went there. Uh, we were real injured. I think, you know, I think we were missing six starters on offense, and six starters on defense. It was a, it was a disaster. We were starting three true freshmen on the O-line. Um, but we struggled there with the, the crowd noise, and, and that was uh, unfortunately their only win and one of our losses that season when they were one of them. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take a bullet for you because someone might hear that and say, great, you know, our Ivy League transfer offensive lineman saying in the most hostile environment was UConn. So here's what I'm going to do. The Papa John's Bowl. I mean, that was a bad one for South Carolina. See what I did there? Gamecock fans are going to get upset at me now because I brought up the Papa John's Bowl when they played UConn. Well, so I'm, 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 taking one, I'm taking a bullet for well, hold you. Hold on. Also, I'm going to save myself. I had a, I'm trying to help you. I, I took a, a bullet hold on, hold on, for hold on, hold on. you. I had a broken ankle that game, so I didn't even play. So, oh, yeah. perfect. Oh, there we go. All right, there we go. No, no, no. The, the guy struggled in there. I was, I was out for that game, so okay. I, I wasn't hostile for me. I'll still, I'll still get crapped on like great, Mike. You have to bring back a bowl game where the game itself wasn't great. It was cold. I've heard that story. I don't know if you've ever heard it. It's one that you really don't need to hear, but you'll hear that, and then they'll go. It's the same like three things. They'll be like the pizza was sold out at halftime. The little like <laughs> pizza car that came out that was like a helmet. Like it got stuck. Like yeah, one day. Maybe many years from now, you can ask the Gamecock fan about that one. I talk about hostile environments. Last week was your first time. I mean, it was the spring game that you got to play in, but this was your first true time being able to play in Williams-Brice Stadium. How neat of an opportunity was it to play in front of a crowd like that, the lights going on, and obviously once you guys were able to get some momentum, you could probably feel that from the crowd. How could you just describe that for someone that has never played in, in an environment like that? I mean, I, I don't think I could accurately describe it, you know, with, with words, but you just felt it at the end of that first half, right? I think that's when the stadium uh, it exploded when we had 23 seconds left and, and drove down the field. And then obviously you could feel the uh, the fan favorites with Lenoris throwing it down the stadium, went nuts, and, and when Luke Doty caught that touchdown. Um, I mean, it, it, what an incredible environment and, and how long uh, the, sta- the fans stayed, stayed straight through the game, and, and it was packed throughout, so – I mean, an incredible experience. I mean, shoot, it was raining out. It was miserable. Tailgating is truly a sport down here. If there was gold medals, I mean, South Carolina fans would get that, no question. So they're out there all day. They're getting, uh, you know, a little lubed up before they come into the game. Can you, as an offensive lineman, right? I mean, it could be, say, any player, but can you feel that energy and how much does that that energy or you guys are able to kind of play off of that? Without a doubt, you, you can feel it, and, and you saw the influence on uh, on Furman, right? I think they came out uh, and they had they ran a few trick plays and, and got us here or there. But um, when you got to that second and third quarter, when things really started to heat up, you saw the influence. They had a few delay of games. They had an offsides there mm-hmm. uh, mixed in, but it uh, it impacts the game for sure. All right, well, let's kind of end things with uh, a subject that as you came over, you came over because. A couple of my coworkers, a couple of the people that follow me, they think that I always want to squeeze my college in somehow because Carlin's <laughs> Patel transferred in. There you go, your Carlin's Patel reference of the night. You know, if you're if you're playing bingo at home, the the Mike Eva bingo card. When is he going to say Carlin's Patel, the D two <laughs> transfer? But and correct me if I'm wrong to let people know that you brought this up. One of the first things you said to me before you sat down is, "We have a big game this week, but there's another big game." And I, and I instantly knew what you meant, and that is Yale taking on Holy Cross because your former coach, Tony Reno, is going up against my old college coach, Bob Chesney. And Holy Cross, they gave BC, as you mentioned, 
gave them a game last week. So what are you thinking? I mean, those are your boys. I know you're not going to pick against the Bulldog in Reno. Yeah, I mean, well, listen, of, of course not. But uh, look out for Karan Amagaji, the left tackle who's, who's been getting some some hype recently. And John Mendoza is going to anchor the other side of the line on the right. And, uh, and you know, I'm rooting for him. It, it's always tough. Holy Cross is going to be playing their third game. Yale is going to be playing their opener. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I hope you – I hope you root for the Renos too. I'm going to try and, you know, sway you off Holy Cross, you know, maybe turn your back on your old coach, but we'll see. Well, I, I got yelled at last week for wearing purple, but then again, that's on me for having zero self-awareness. If I was in that <laughs> and my awareness level last week would have been zero because you're playing firm and they're purple. But um, yeah, I can't pick against Chesney. I wish we could do like, I mean, maybe we could find a way to do some type of wager. I'd say like pizza, but then if we upload this, the NCAA is gonna probably get upset, even though there's like name, image, and like this stuff. But they'll get upset if we do like a pizza wager. So we'll yeah. figure out. We'll figure out. Yeah, something. maybe I'll have to wear a Yale shirt or something. But I, I can't. I can't bring myself to wear a Holy Cross shirt. I don't know. How about how about this? If they uh, if Holy Cross wins, you can wear a, a Harvard shirt. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see if I, if I can pull a fast one on. But again, guys, he's he's an Ivy Leaguer, so it's very difficult to do. Um, we'll, we'll figure something out. We'll, we'll get something in the works. Last thing I want to bring up to you, being able to be down here playing for Shane Beamer, being able to play for Pete Lumbo as someone that had an extra year of eligibility. And I know it's only two games in, but knowing that the transfer portal continues to grow, what would you tell other transfers out there or future transfers out there that enter the portal as to what your expectation was when you arrived here in comparison to how it's been so far? My expectation was, you know, coming down here was I wanted to develop and grow my game to be able to play at the next level. That's, that's really what I wanted to do. And, and I think coach Beamer and, and coach Teasley and, you know, the strength staff, and like you said, coach Limbo, they've taken that um, and made sure that's got done. And, 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 you know, it's obviously continual growth and I got to, uh, you know, get through these next 10 games or I get to get through uh, these next 10 games and, um, you know, and see if that materializes. And, and I, it's just an incredible program, an incredible culture um, and incredible people. Down here. All right. There it is. Your offensive lineman for the Gamecocks, Nick Gargiulo and also fan of the last place. Yes, sir. New York Yankees in the AL. We appreciate you hopping on tonight, bud. Thanks, man. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.